in most conferences, the, the currency is the number of business cards you're able to collect and exchange and give away. As summer camp, we, we count that in, in hugs. It's the, the number of hugs that you can give someone is, is a, a measure of success. Welcome to the Flywheel Podcast. This show is for entrepreneurs and creative free thinkers. Really, it's for anybody that's more interested in building a life than just making money. I'm your host, Victor Jimenez. To stay up to date on the latest shows, go and visit theflywheelpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can sign up to receive updates and you can access all the show notes and our the uh, building archive. On this episode of the Flywheel Podcast, I have with me Carlos Saba. Well, he's not actually with me here. He's across the pond in my virtual uh, podcasting studio. And we have a really intimate conversation about his uh, business where he's one of the co-founders. It's called the Happy Startup School. They're into all kinds of things. And uh, their mission is is very similar to my own, is really helping people learn to uh, listen and find themselves through business. Have a listen. This is a great episode. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Carlos, so welcome to the Flywheel Podcast. I'm, I'm so excited to have you here, really, because uh, uh, as in, in the intro that I just talked about, Carlos and I recently... We hooked up, uh, of all places, I think on LinkedIn. Uh, these are the random people that you, you sort of uh, meet on LinkedIn. And we had a phone conversation and, and we very quickly discovered that uh, we share a lot of the same ideas uh, around business and, and life and things. So that's, Carlos, uh, really, that's why I, I wanted to have you on the, on the podcast. I think it's, uh, it's really neat. We're, we're, we're very close. On the other side of the pond, so to speak, uh, I'm in the United States. Carlos is in Brighton, I believe, in the UK. That's correct. Well, thanks, Victor. It's, um, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast with you. The Happy Startup School. Why don't we start off, if you want to just kind of give us an overview of what's that, what that's all about, the Happy Startup School. I mean, I, I know a lot of people listening might be thinking, well, aren't all startups happy? Isn't that the case? And <laughs> and so, you know, what's what do you guys do and what's maybe a little bit different about what you do? Yeah, I think this is one of the interesting challenges we have um, given the name of the thing that we run. Hmm. And it's it's interesting because we, we call ourselves or we have the word happy mm-hmm. in the in the name and, and to be honest it isn't just about happiness. Okay. Um we call ourselves. We have the word startup, uh, and it isn't just about startups. And, and we call ourselves a school, and we, we really aren't about teaching people. So that could be a bit of a confusing thing for people. <laughs> what, what we, we are, <laughs> we are a community, uh, a community of like-minded entrepreneurs, professionals, change makers, uh, people who believe that what they do and what they create in the world. Uh, isn't just for the sake of more money and there's something beyond creating material wealth it's about doing good work 
work that you're proud of, work that you love, mm-hmm. and also work that benefits others. Mm-hmm. So our, our mission, in a sense, is kind of trying to look at redefining business as a force for good Mm -hmm. rather than just as a mechanism for accumulating wealth excellent wealth in the terms of uh money right yeah (laughs) Yeah. in in the yeah in in most people's definitions of the word um people like you and me who are a little bit more enlightened (laughs) i I don't know about that but yeah (laughs) Might might be able to broaden that definition further. Let's say we 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 think different, a, a little bit differently than than the norm. Uh, so, how did this? I, I guess where I'd like to do is kind of talk about how did you guys even get started on this this idea? I know a little bit about your background. Um, that uh, you guys had some some sort of uh, design, I think, or or tech uh, business. Uh, you and your your there's there's two of you, right? There's a you and your co-founder is Lawrence. What's I don't know Lawrence's last name. That's correct. Yeah, Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence and I we've known each other since basically primary school. Wow, wow. So you you're <laughs> as you say you're mates from way back, right? we're good old mates so it's a it's a bit of a round about sort of origin um trying to talk about where the summer happy startup school came from yeah and i think it probably starts from if we if we really kind of post rationalize everything that we've done kind of starts from when we started our agency um so Loris and I went to school together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've known each other from the age of about seven or eight, and we became sort of good friends when we went to high school. So from the age of about twelve, there was a group of us, five of us, that we were quite close friends and still are close friends mm-hmm. many, many years down the line. And that's one of, I think, one of the core aspects of the reason we do what we do. Friendship is very important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we went our separate paths after school and, and did our separate paths after uni, uh, but we found ourselves at some point both in the same industry, the the web design industry. Okay. I was working in a sexy agency in the centre of London. Lawrence was carving out a successful career as, des- as a freelance designer. Uh, both of us at the time were getting quite disillusioned by the large organisations mm-hmm. we were working in or working for. And we saw a disconnect between what was really useful for a client or a customer and what our agencies were churning out and trying to make them do. Mm -hmm. And we felt there was a better way of doing this and and to cut through the layers of middle management and bureaucracy. So we were all about doing interesting work and enjoying our work. We, We were never really focused on making or building a huge agency we we weren't really keen on managing people Mm -hmm. so that probably was a hindrance to actually building a massive business (laughs) Uh, we had complementary skills Um, i was a developer and lawrence was a designer so between us we could do just about anything any of these agencies did but most of all we had kind of a common set of values we were we, we weren't just about the work we wanted to build what people would call those days in some kind of depreciative term 
we wanted to build a lifestyle business, basically a, a, a work that that complemented our lives rather than living to work as such. Mm-hmm. And so we built this small little boutique agency on the south coast of England in Brighton, and we slowly, bit by bit, grew it from just a pair of us to a team of six. And during that journey, we started to work more and more with entrepreneurs and startups. And it was about that time, so 2008 onwards, um, I think the UK started to get the bug with um, the possibilities that the internet was Mm -hmm. bringing in terms of building businesses purely online. Uh, And we were in a good position to help that happen. And so using our skills, we would help these entrepreneurs build their dream, their dream business. And we found a pattern really Mm -hmm. in the types of clients that we were getting in that there were people out there with lots of money, but terrible ideas. And then lots of people out there with some really cool ideas. On one hand, we wanted to empower these people with amazing ideas to teach them. Actually, there are lots of things you can do without having to spend loads of money on building your Mm -hmm. platform, your business and and there's lots of tricks you could use online to, to look bigger than you are, but also to create, create a big audience and, and build something amazing. But that wasn't really great for business, because if we told people how to do that for cheap, <laughs> that was us out of, um, out of a contract. Uh, and then on the flip side, those people who would come to us with good money, but not particularly clar- clear ideas or yeah. a very, very interesting business model, we always would question why are they doing this? What is it? What's the motivation? And most of the time it was about money and about yeah. sort of capturing or taking advantage of a market opportunity, but without that fundamental clarity and that need to actually help someone mm-hmm. rather than just exploit a market, it ended up with a project that, that would, would go all over the place and was not mm. particularly clear and, and it would mean that we would, most of the time we would launch and either would launch to a, to a silence or it would be a case it would never launch because it was never perfect. Because again, like I said, there was no clarity in terms of what we were trying to, to solve or achieve. But there were a couple you know, with very clear ideas and it was really interesting that those were the ones that shone through. So we felt the need to teach some of these entrepreneurs how to do startup um but the way we where we came from in business was it wasn't just about building a a billion dollar business or right as the trend seems to be or trying to grow something huge it was also about what is it what's in it for you and how are you going to make people's lives better in this business as well as your own Mm. and so happiness was was key to that and at the time we were we just read the Lean Startup mm, and also a book called Delivering Happiness by a guy called Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos. And we were really intrigued by this idea, his term of, he coined the phrase of making happiness your business model. Yeah. And and we we were so captured by this idea that if you have, if you have a passion and you, you are able to communicate that passion into a, a purpose and create a set of values that people would rally around so you would have a customer or i would say employees and 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 a team that really believed in what you stood for and then that would mean that they would work uh they were clear about what the work they were trying to produce and they would work better and and if you have um, 
staff that work better, they serve their customers better, then customers will be happy and happy customers will return customers and that should you know, help with the bottom line and that seems a nice, clear, simple path from happiness to profit. Sure, yeah. So we took that on as a model for startups. Like, don't just think about the mechanics of the business, think about the why mm-hmm. and and the meaning behind it. And so that became the foundation of the happy startup school Hmm. yeah it's 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 so different than the traditional you know i go to some of the startup events that we have uh where where i live and and often they're talking about even seemingly to me are are small ideas people are are going for there's this language of of funding and everybody's talking about we're going to get funding and then we're going to exit and get out of the business and I'm going to cash out and then I'm going to buy that Ferrari and the house at the beach <laughs> and I'm going to go and drink pina coladas on the beach. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I know that some people do that, uh, but focusing more on, like you said, uh, is on building a life for yourself and for whoever you're interacting with customers and stuff is is a much more uh, sort of meaningful way to go. Um, I wanted to back up just for a second because I realized I didn't ask mm-hmm. you something about the Happy Startup School. Can you just, I know you have several sort of big key areas of things that you actually do in the business. So what is it that you actually do? And you know, we know that it's sort mm. of a school, but what are the things that, that you the business actually does? So we can kind of break it down into about sort of five separate initiatives at the mm-hmm. moment. So uh, we run a co-working space in Brighton at the moment, and it's what we feel is like the the, the hub. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of the focal point for people to come and see us and meet us and where we can test ideas and uh, essentially create a sense of community on a day-to-day basis. We also have an online community, and this is a membership-based model where we bring like-minded people together. We we curate and create um, resources, and also connect them with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's uh, we run this on Slack and using various web platforms as a way of connecting people to ideas and people to people. Mm And, and that's that's one aspect. We also run uh, an online course called Happy Startup Homeschool. We've got a couple of courses. One's called Building a Startup That Matters, which is a, a short e-course. And another one is a longer four-week program where we take people through the the kind of the principles that we believe in in terms of building a business. And it's this, the foundation of that is our happy startup canvas. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a canvas these days, and we've got our own. And we also have more experiential um, sort of aspects of our business. And we run, and we, we just completed our fifth annual summer camp last weekend. Actually, we run an annual event. It's a it's a kind of a celebration of our community now. Uh, we have 150 people uh, that come together on a farm in East Sussex, uh, in the middle of the countryside, mm. and we uh, have talks and workshops and various 
activities last uh, the last summer camp we had night walks where a group of people were taken in the pitch black to just the darkness to walk around the, the countryside nearby and experience what it's like to just uh, be focused on the, the surroundings and the sounds and the, and the feeling of darkness. Mm, I love it. Quite an experience for people. Uh, we also had workshops on whittling and bushcraft skills. We had a Japanese sword fighting uh, workshop as well as workshops on storytelling. And one that was quite uh, fun, which was uh, there was actually two workshops that ended up merging together. One was the art of having no idea, <laughs> and the other workshop was called goal mapping. So is essentially is how can you map goals with no ideas? <laughs> and that was quite a, it was quite a popular workshop mm. in terms of the trying to ma- meet these principles <laughs> of can you get into a space where rather than trying to think yourself out of the play. Um, think yourself into a solution or think you'll think up the next best idea you can let that bubble up but once you have that idea how do you make that happen and what are the steps to gather around you to to actually make it a reality so that was quite a lovely workshop to end the the weekend on um no it sounds fantastic that's all no that's yeah it's 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 over four days um it's quite intense in terms of we try and create a lot of space so there's we only have talks in the morning and then like optional workshops in the afternoon and a lot of time you can just wander around the farm um but it's it's one of those spaces that we've created where everyone is so open everyone is so easy with each other uh and it 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 creates that opportunity to just um be very vulnerable Mm -hmm. Uh, be open to new ideas and to explore challenges in a way that you never thought of before. And most people leave summer camp looking at the world in a totally different way. Mm. I think in most conferences, the the currency is the number of business cards you're able to collect <laughs> yes, and exchange and give yes, away. Yes, that's so true. At summer camp, we, we count that in, in hugs. And so basically... It's the the number of hugs that you can give someone is is a, a measure of success in summer camp. So would it be fair to say that I mean what you're building there is is more of you're building connection more than than anything else there. That's it. That is one of the fundamental things that we've kind of realized that's happening with the startup school. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily teaching people how to build businesses. We're teaching people how to connect not only with others but also with themselves and to essentially align what they do with who they really are and that's that's one of the reasons why i think summer camp can be quite powerful is that people for the first time in a while actually stop to think what is it they really want and how is it they want to be mm-hmm. that's great um and so the and the final thing is like the i would say the next level up from summer camp is our altitude event and that's that's a much smaller event it's uh, up to 30 entrepreneurs and professionals and change makers and we we started off this event by taking people to the alps in france mm-hmm. uh, and it's a combination of 
um, skill sharing and story sharing. So summer camp is very much has gone from someone sitting, standing there, telling you uh, how essentially to build your business to actually what we found the most important and actually most powerful thing is actually sharing stories and sharing journeys. So mm. at altitude, we take that to another level where everyone comes with their own set of skills and experiences, and it's a chance to actually share those with others to then hopefully unlock in those people what they need to do next and most of the time people are uh, some kind of transition whether it's with their business or with their career and they're trying to think of uh, create space to make the right decision and where and know where to go next Mm -hmm. and we try and do it in a way that's as light as possible and a light touch in facilitation and also light touch in terms of how much you need to spend thinking about these things. And it's, it's we found most of the time our, our best ideas come when we're distracted by, well, distracted in general, but in our case, when you come to altitude, distracted by the beauty of your surroundings, mm-hmm. whether it's mountains, rivers, hiking to a refuge, cycling like a maniac down a, down a slope, or, or sitting in a hot tub, <laughs> just sharing ideas with other people. And... And that's the space that we try to create at Altitude. Coming on to our fifth one, you're saying. I love how you how you describe that. Is uh, it's sort of you know you're. I think most of us somewhere realize this that most of our best ideas and thoughts, or so-called aha moments, come from not from trying to come up with that aha that great idea, that next step, whatever, you know, a decision, it usually comes from the opposite of, you know, the undoing when you're getting out in in nature. For me, anyway, for me personally, it's getting out in nature. And I know for a lot of people, it's it's, uh, oftentimes doing something physical or, you know, just making that, that space. And especially right now, we don't, most humanity doesn't seem to be taking as much of that space um no i think this is the trouble i think this is why altitude has been so successful is that we've we've got into this habit i think in general particularly in the startup world where busy is best um thinking (laughs) and repeatedly thinking and strategizing and second guessing is is important and and ideas come from forcing you know working harder working longer and that's when we're going to like you know create that breakthrough or build the best business mm. but personally i found actually when you turn down the noise you and allow yourself to just um have no ideas <laughs> as i've learned this week yes. yes that's when the clarity comes and and actually it's trusting in that in that um unconscious side of the way we we process information Mm -hmm. Uh, and listening i think that's the interesting part for me is actually listening to those those thoughts um and those points of inspiration that that you hadn't necessarily heard before yeah i I mean we could i'm I'm tempted to dive into that a minute (laughs) but uh, i'm gonna hold off there because I, I love I love that and I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, so I think you sort of have explained 
to us why you do this. But if you and I were at a networking thing and I walked up to you and said, Carlos, Lawrence, why do you got why did you guys start the Happy Startup School and why do you do all these things? What what's the point? What's the outward facing thing? And then uh we're gonna go then. What's the inward thing? So for us, um we we feel that we're we're living in an age that is moving faster and faster. Um Disruption seems to be the key word. Mm-hmm. Uh, competition and squashing the competition seems to be very, very popular. But the problems we're facing and the challenges we're facing are ever more complex. And and, and on one level, if we look at trying to, to help people and make the world a better place, the... The position of the lone genius, the single visionary, I, I think it's less and less mm-hmm. um, important and actually less and less powerful. I think the, the best solutions are going to come from collaboration and connection uh, and also a shared sense of purpose. And so for us, our why is about the work isn't just about like I said before, money. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's not just about serving others. It's, it's how we can, through s- serving ourselves and looking at where we gain energy, play to our strengths, find flow, mm-hmm. can then channel that in a way that actually helps others. And so marrying, um, and I love, uh, I think it's Daniel Pink's book, Drive, and the way he yep. simplifies um, what motivates us into the three categories of autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think those are the key things that drive us. The ability to determine ourselves what we're going to do. And I think um, that's one of the th- the key aspects of, I think, change makers and entrepreneurs. Is that they don't want to be told what to do. They want to have feel a sense of power and freedom to choose how they work and Mm -hmm. who they work with. Then there's that sense of mastery of being able to to improve yourself, whether it's the skills that you use for your work or actually yourself as a person. But then also using those skills and using that knowledge for something beyond yourself. And so that sense of purpose and feeling like you're doing something that's actually benefiting others or for a greater good. So I think for for us, that's, that's how business should work. That should be the core idea about business and how we can get more people to think collaboratively rather than competitively and think more about compassion rather than contempt and feeling like actually we want to help each other and we want to see each other succeed Mm. rather than it's all about how we progress and not thinking about what other people or how other people uh, find their own sort of success as well. Right. I mean, it's the things that you're talking about, you know, autonomy and trust and, you know, community and, and, and working together. These are, these are fundamental. These aren't really business principles. They're fundamental human needs and uh, that, that, 
you know, science has shown. Actually, I have a really interesting podcast coming up. Uh, uh, I have a neuroscientist talking about the uh, trust and why community is so important. And I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to that one. But I, I think uh, what you guys are hitting on are, are fundamental human needs. And often uh, what I hear you saying is that we're sort of sidetracked from the culture of of competitive, you know, competitive culture and, you know, oh, we have to work just for money. You know, work is something that you do for money, not necessarily for any other reason. And you do your good <laughs> at some other point. And, uh, yeah, so what, what do you, I guess my question is, what do you see What's what's the future that you see? If you had a crystal ball, uh, so a, this a future, I think taps yeah. into, I would say, my own personal motivations. Um, mm-hmm. I think the best way for me to maybe answer that is kind of why talking a bit more about what motivates me into the way I, I'm trying to work and trying to. And also the choices I've made. Um, and it's very influenced, I would say, uh, from my father, mm-hmm. who very much a one of these people who, who was born during the Second World War, lived quite a hard life at an early age, and, and saw the importance of actually um, rising up uh, we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, making mm-hmm. sure those fundamental physical needs of safety and food and security were met. Uh, and I remember he he would work away from home for a good you know, two hundred days a year. Wow! Uh, because he wanted to do, he wanted to provide the security and education that we didn't he didn't have as a child. And for me, that. I can remember him always saying is like, they can take away your house, they can take away your money, but they can't take away your education. For him, that was that was mm. freedom and that was wealth. And I saw that sort of started, that I think was an influence for me in terms of um, it's not about stuff, it's about ideas and it's about experiences. Mm-hmm. And so the way I see or I, I perceive the future or I'd like to see the future is that um, we live in an age where life is about learning. Um, it's about uh, creating for the, for the good of others. So I see technology evolving in such a way, and we've seen through the Industrial Revolution how machines have made our lives better and worse for some people, may say. But I think there's a potential where our physical needs can be very easily met if we have the right intentions and if we mm. come together uh, using our collective knowledge to to collaborate more to make uh, the world a an easier place to live in. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the Happy Startup School is essentially a vehicle to get people to think think more in that way and think, like you said, there are these fundamental needs that seem to have been drowned out by yeah. the need for, for power and 
status and riches but mm-hmm. actually science and research has shown that more power when you when you have more power you'll want even more power and when you have riches you want even more riches and it never ends and actually fundamentally what you really want is to be seen and to be connected and to feel like what you've done actually means something in this world so yeah. i think while we've come from the angle of talking about startup and business what it is is really about trying to get people to really reassess what they try to achieve by the things that they do and, and the work that they're trying to create and and re, really reconnect to actually what's the most important things to them and like you said those fundamental needs of connection uh, mm. meaning and mastery this it's so you know we're we're preaching to the choir for each other here but i i think uh that connection and what you guys are doing is really tapping into to 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 something it's it's uh i i predict that we're hitting it we're gonna hit uh with social media and just in general technology um more and more groundedness space and coming together as a community uh, instead of uh, separating further as it, uh, a lot of things seem to be going right now. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, especially altitude. Um, I'm interested to, to learn more about that. You said it's a, it's a small gathering of, of 30 or so people and they get together and it sounds like a, a a lack of a better way to describe it, an un- uncomfortable place for everyone. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fresh, I, I guess. You're getting out of your own personal space, wherever that is in the, on the planet, and you go to someplace different. Who, who actually, who goes to the, the altitude? You know, what, kind, what kind of people? We have a range of people. Now, when we first started thinking about altitude, um, we all, when we at the early stage of the Happy Startup School, we saw all these really amazing, these really amazing looking retreats um, mm-hmm. in different parts of the world. Most of the time, they were, they were something around startup and learning how to build your business. Um, and the more we followed the Happy Startup journey, we kind of realized, to a certain level, there's nothing that we can teach anyone that's yeah. going to make a difference because ultimately what's important is clarity and once you have clarity then you'll get the knowledge you need to make something happen but most of the time you're not going to make that breakthrough make the right decision level up as a as a business person if you don't level up as as a as an individual and, and be clear as to what it is you're trying to achieve um and so I think that clarity comes from shared experiences and shared stories and having space to actually just let those ideas bubble up and let those feelings come and experiencing those and and being able to reflect on on what you're you're feeling. So, and on the same level as well, it's myself and Lawrence, we're, how to put this, at summer camp we've had a few people who, uh, who dis- even you know, describe themselves as a bit woo-woo and really <laughs> yes. okay. trying well. to in- 
get fully in touch with their spiritual side. And while mm-hmm. myself, I and Lawrence kind of appreciate that, we're we're not that we're not that at that low, that end of the spectrum. But we we feel that if you give people space and you you let them tap into um, other people's sort of stories and other people's experience, they find within themselves the, the right answers. And so altitude is, it on the surface, it's a kind of a, a skill share experiential holiday. So mm-hmm. you could clear, you know, you could break it down mechanically as you will meet other people at different levels of business or different professions. So we've had designers, we've had entrepreneurs, we've had coaches, we've had mindfulness experts, and uh, we've had um, developers, and we've had a spectrum of people with different skills from different parts of the world, from India to Canada to South America. We've had um, agile scrum masters. It's, It's a whole range of people. And so that's a, it's difficult to say what type of person in terms of the the job that they do that we'd say is is mm-hmm. perfect for it. But the thing that unites them all, I think, is uh, a need to be in nature, uh, a need to take a break from thinking too much and being in their world, mm-hmm. uh, and also. A need to connect with other people and to find new contexts from hearing about other people's experiences. Hmm. And so the, the types of people that have come have, have wanting have wanted to experience something new and, and to meet new people. Right. Um could you give us an example of like if you could pick one person just out of your memory and past events that you've had go, you don't have to share their name or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you could just describe, you know, one person that went, I think that would yeah. be interesting to hear. So there's one guy who is he was in, from the U.S. He just um, he just exited his business, which mm-hmm. was, I think, a, 200 strong business people strong business um mm-hmm. and he got to that stage where he 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 wanted to he, he felt he'd got lost in the managing of people and mm-hmm. and working to other people's needs and he wanted to reconnect to just making something new again and doing something for himself mm-hmm. and so I, th- I think one of the sort of the motivations was to make sure that this new thing was going to go along the right path, and he wouldn't just go down the same path he did the first with the first <laughs> business. So he, he ran a successful business and it grew well. It's just it ended up not necessarily being him being in the place that he wanted to be, and he wanted to make this new step, and he had this new idea, um, and so is that period in time for him to reflect on that and for him mm-hmm. to to make sure that he had the the clarity to move forward with confidence we also had uh, a girl who was a designer um mm-hmm. she'd been working a lot with um 
startups and early stage businesses uh, and she'd putting been putting her heart and soul into these businesses but um, while it was amazing to see them grow these businesses also didn't have a lot of money and so she she found it very challenging where she would spend so much energy working on what felt quite purposeful and meaningful work but it wasn't sustaining her financially and so there was a she needed some space and time to reassess you know what how is it that i want to work and who do i want to work for and how is that going to marry up my need for meaningful work and also the need to actually you know, start building a, a life and and the things you need you know the the, the material aspects of that so those were kind of very different people that um, would essentially different contexts but they wanted some space to reassess what they were doing uh it's it's interesting as you talked about those different people uh i personally have been in both of those situations <laughs> uh and i think back i if in year many many years ago i didn't have a 200 person business but but i had a a pretty successful uh business that i personally sold and and i didn't i had no idea what my next step was and i had no i had no help with that and i can think of how valuable this would have been to go with go on a retreat or go someplace with a a group of like-minded people that could understand what I was going through and, and, you know, what I was tied up in and, and trying to unpack uh, my next step. And uh, yeah, I could see how that would be extremely helpful. Um, so I guess you described it a little bit. And I, I think a lot of us, when we think of an event or retreat, we always think of like doing, okay, oh, there's must be some sort of workshop or some, what are we actually, what do we do at this event? You said there's a lot of space just to, to be, um, is there something else? So what we try and do is we have a loose structure. Um, we uh, split the day in two most of the time and the mornings are for workshops that are led by the attendees mm -hmm. so everyone comes with uh, ideas or thing, knowledge that they want to share uh, and we a bit like kind of um, unconference or open space okay we have we have slots during the week and we allocate different slots to different people depending on uh, the skills that are available but also on the needs of the people in the in the group so it's very emergent as a as an agenda but mm -hmm. the structure is there to hold that that energy um so and the the principle is mornings are for knowledge sharing uh, and then afternoons are for getting out in nature and essentially having that space to then process the what you heard in the morning mm -hmm. and the ideas that, that bubbled up for you and then to to share those and discuss those informally whether it's hiking up a mountain cycling mm -hmm. along a, a path or um rafting down a river 
Love it. Love the cycling part, especially <laughs> as you know, I'm a cyclist. Um, so is this something that, that people might bring a very specific problem, uh, that they're, that they're toying with? Uh, yes and no. I think what we do, we like to start off the event by getting people to share where they're at, um, uh, what they can help with in terms of you know what their skills and their superpowers as we call them, uh, and what they need help with and what they would like to achieve by the end of the week. Some people come and all they want to do is just hang out. We had one person come to our first altitude and all he wanted to do was write his book, and so he he spent half the week locked in his room writing his book, but he found having those points of contact whether it's over a meal or a small workshop here and there he would he got inspired to to just finish it uh, and it was um really being sensitive to to the needs of the group mm -hmm. and whether that's to have space to just talk to lots of people or whether it is actually to just go off on their own and do their own thing it's really governed by what you want to get out of it and that's some for some people quite challenging because they want to be told what to do, but mm -hmm. we found actually, if you open yourself up to the possibility of having no idea, then actually the best ideas will probably come to you. <laughs> yeah, it's a scary thought for for a lot of us. I think uh, uh, we all sort of struggle with the not knowing. You know, we feel like we need to have the answer and know what to do. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really, it can be a very scary place for a lot of people um, to, to be in that, that place of not knowing. Um, so when do you have these events? And I know you, there's a altitude coming up uh, pretty soon here. Um, yeah. So we, for the past couple of years, we've been doing uh, one in June uh, in the Alps in the French Alps, one in February uh, in India, and uh, we'll be going to Goa uh, in India the next February. Mm -hmm. But next month, on the 15th of October, we're planning our next, our first USA altitude, um, and it's going to be uh, near Portland, uh, mm -hmm. and we're going to be taking people to Mount Hood. And we have a place there that we found that essentially captures the, the the essence of the original altitude, which was in the Alps. So the one in India we called Ashram, but mm -hmm. it's the same kind of principle. Uh, it's but on the beach. So we have the sea for Ashram and the mountains for altitude. Sounds wonderful. So... Um... If someone is interested in these events, um, in the altitude especially, um, where where what's the website for altitude? So for the to find out more information, uh, we've got one of those funky uh, web <coughs> web domains that actually is a pain in the bum to read <laughs> to spell mm -hmm. out. But it's altitude. It's altitude.de. So a l P T I T U dot D E. Um, so if you or if you search happy startup school altitude, you'll find that. 
you'll find the site. Alternatively, you can get in touch with us on Twitter mm. uh, at Happy Startups, or you could email myself or Lawrence, uh, Lawrence at HappyStartups.co, or Carlos at HappyStartups.co. And if you um, tell us that you came from the Flywheel podcast, then uh, we're willing to offer you a discount. Woohoo. Um, so I will make sure I put all of that stuff in the show notes. I'll put all the links and, uh, you know, I can make a special simple link. The Let's see. How about the flywheel podcast front slash happy? And, cool. and I'll, I'll create that and it'll send you to, we can, we can send it to altitude. Yeah. That'd be if, good. If, yeah. We can do that. So the flywheel podcast.com front slash happy, uh, short and, uh, if all those others get a little confusing, I get you. Well, it's a podcast. You can go back and, and listen a couple of times. And, uh, you know, Carlos, I'm sure my listeners want to, uh, they, I think they'd like to hear more of your journey, your journey, and also how all the, these different things that you're doing unfold. So uh, I'm, this is not the last time you're going to hear from from Carlos. And uh, mm. hope maybe uh, we'll get Lawrence on at some point uh, and, and chat a little bit more. Um, well, thanks. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you for having me. And um, if you if your listeners do want to hear a bit more about so our stories and, and also stories of the people in our community, we do have a small, uh, mainly unheard of podcast out there. If you do a search on iTunes for the Happy Startup School, you'll be able to catch a few uh, snippets of recordings that we've had uh, from the past. Oh, okay, perfect. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Victor. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Flywheel Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So if you want to see show notes, go over to theflywheelpodcast.com. You'll see the show notes and any links that we talked about in the show. And something I would really appreciate that would help me out a lot. If you could take a moment and go over into iTunes and leave me a review. I, it really helps the show out. It helps me grow the show. And it just takes two seconds of your time to go and leave a review. And while you're there, I'd really appreciate it if you shared it with with some friends. Actually, just share it with one friend that you think might enjoy that particular episode or the entire podcast. I really appreciate that. I want to invite you to take a look at my Elevate mastermind groups. Basically what it is, Elevate is an intimate group of passionate entrepreneurs. We get together uh, online typically and we work to solve problems, evaluate uh, opportunities, where you're going, and work on an array of big time strategic uh, ideas and also day-to-day -day issues. Members of these, these groups support each other with advice, honest feedback, account and accountability. The idea is that we elevate each other and create meaningful impacts in in our businesses and in our lives. So if you want to, if that sounds interesting to you, I invite you to take a look and check it out. Go to 
theflywheelpodcast.com front slash elevate, E-L-E-V-A-T-E. Thanks very much and talk to you soon.